a feeling of home is built on familiarity, right? So you have to have a little bit of history with it, familiarness with it. Number two, a sense of home is built on a sense of security. It's a place where you feel safe, you feel secure, right? Protected. Um, it's, it's a place where there's a sense of provision. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast designed to coach you up in your faith. The more you know, the more you grow. Mm-hmm. You live in a world that is more confusing than ever. You live in a nation where there is no longer a unifying belief system that binds us all together as a people. The only way to navigate a world like that is to know what you believe and why you believe it. Our goal is to give you the tools, the facts, and the perspective to think for yourself. You'll hear things on this podcast you're not going to hear anywhere else, so give yourself the best Christmas gift ever this Christmas and become a regular listener of the Salty Pastor Podcast. My name is Justin Mayer. I'll be your host, but we can't do this without the Salty Pastor himself, Dr. Douglas Peak. Welcome, everybody, and Merry Christmas. I'm just so glad you're joining us. I hope you start to uh, share us with your family and friends. Also, if you go to our YouTube channel, please, even if you don't listen to us on YouTube, go to, go to your YouTube channel, look up The Salty Pastor, like and subscribe, because that really helps expand the reach of this podcast and this ministry. just want to say thank you. Merry Christmas. I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope that uh, if you're you know, having any difficulties during this Christmas, maybe it's physical, uh, a health issue, if it has anything to do with family or relationships, or if you're just kind of wondering about your place in this world. I just pray that this Christmas, more than any time else, you just get to experience the presence and the love of Jesus in your life. And I pray that you understand how living in his kingdom is the best place to live. And even though it can be salty at times as we face the challenges of life, the most important thing to remember is it's a kingdom that is designed for you to experience God and to walk closely with him. And that forever changes your life. So I hope that the Salty Pastor is helping you do that. And I hope that you're growing closer to God each and every day. So let's get moving. Let's get shaken. And we're going to be cruising on this entire Christmas season about the kingdom of Jesus. Absolutely. This is the month of December 2023. And we are focused all on the birth of Jesus and how his birth ushered in a new kingdom. A kingdom that challenged the old kingdom and the kingdom of this world. If you can understand this radical challenge to the of the kingdom of Jesus to the existing kingdoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm then you're really going to understand why your faith can grow so much stronger in him. Simply because you see the power and the strength of what you believe in a practical way when that kingdom transformation happens in your life and what you when you actually realize what has happened, it's going to grow your faith so much larger. So the kingdom of Jesus does really have a practical impact on this world, and that's kind of what we're studying here today. Yeah, that's the focus of this whole series about the birth of Christ is the birth of a new kingdom. And I I think it's really important to use that lens when you start looking at your life and the world and even your relationship with Jesus. And the reason why is because once you start seeing your life through the lens of I am now a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, you begin to understand more fully what God is actually doing in the world. And once you understand what God is doing in the world, then your place in the world makes more sense, right? And your role in the world makes so much more sense. Like, for instance, it, it gives you a, an entire new uh, perspective. You know, you look at things from a different angle. And when you look at things from a different angle, 
it, you really have guidance, right? Guidance is really, uh, really important. Um, I, you know, this, this need to look through the lens a little bit differently about your life is, uh, I was watching one of the Mission Impossible movies, yeah. you know, and uh, Tom Cruise is running through London, you know, and he's chasing after a bad guy. And Simon Pegg, the computer guy, is telling him, you know, turn left or turn right. And he's like, look, it's it's a I'm seven stories up. I can't just turn left. And he goes, <laughs> oh, I'm in 2D. I need to go to 3D. And then you remember and he flips yeah. the orientation of the computer and he goes, oh, oh, OK, now I know where you're at. That's kind of a funny thing that happened in the movie, but that is so true about your life. So many people are living life in 2D, mm. right? And they're trying to make a left turn when they're seven stories high and there's nothing there. To, and they're like, I'm so frustrated with God or I'm so frustrated. And, and what God is saying, you have an opportunity to see your life from a totally different perspective than you ever had before. And that is you need to see it in 3D. And the 3D that you need to see it in is that there's a battle between two kingdoms and you choose which kingdom you want to live in. And the birth of Christ brought God's kingdom here into the material world and established it as a foothold. And so now we have a choice. And once you get that perspective, you can your decisions uh, uh, that guide you are better because you understand God's perspective. And then you gain wisdom, right? You, you gain wisdom. And the thing is, is you know what wisdom does for you? I, I, the reason why I encourage all followers of Christ to grow wise is because wisdom is that capacity to not be disappointed when you don't understand what God is doing. Mm. So often we're disappointed. Oh, God didn't answer my prayer. We're disappointed. God, you know, doesn't love me because he didn't do such and such for me. But what wisdom does is it gives you such a deeper understanding of the administration of God and how he is moving in the world. And you're seeing it in 3D. You're not seeing it in 2D anymore. And, and what this does, this is what wisdom does, is it starts to tell you that what's going on between the kingdoms is not so much about you as an individual. There's a bigger picture here. And so you get to be a part of something bigger, right? You get to be, participate in something so much bigger than yourself. And that, that gives you perseverance, through hard times and you realize, wow, my faith in with Jesus is not just for me. It's for the whole world. And I'm participating in what Jesus is doing in the whole world and how he's defeating evil and saving as many people as possible. And so I can be a part of that. And that gives me peace that, that starts to give me peace. And I think in the end, isn't that really what we're looking for in life is just a sense of peace that I know who I am. I know where I belong. I know how I fit. And that, in essence, is what the new kingdom is all about. It's, it's about basically saying you're home, you know, everything, you know, where you know who you really are, where you really belong, and you're at peace. That's that. That's home. That's your true, authentic home. And I think that's really important to understand that that's what the kingdom of Jesus is about. You know, even though it's fighting evil, it's defeating the evil one, it's pushing back injustice, it's doing all of these things. Ultimately, the kingdom of God was built for you so that you could come home. Yeah, I think this is a really special message, especially at Christmas, because I feel like so many people don't feel like they belong anymore. They don't mm -hmm. fit. Their life is just too mm -hmm. difficult. There's too much struggle in it. Um, a lack of just real feeling like, oh, this is where I should be, right? Mm -hmm. 
and and loneliness has become this epidemic in our society oh that yeah. more people are living alone today than they ever have before and and we wonder why people are choosing um all of these coping mechanisms yeah. and and suicide rates are so high and loneliness yeah. Yeah. and reported lack of connection to the world is just mm -hmm. so high and it's like well we've seen this this grow and grow and grow and when you're told that you're nothing more than just space dust and you're yeah. an accident and your life doesn't matter yeah. and yeah. nothing matters yeah then it's like yeah, yeah i could understand why you would yeah. why you would lack well, but, but jesus brings something different right yeah that well we're you know what you just described is the fruit of nihilism which is when you say there is no god there is no purpose there is no meaning you know then the point is is what's the why live right and unfortunately the the canary in the coal mine is young people, you know, and it's just really, it's just horrifically sad. You know, every disease is going down, right? Mm -hmm. And it, its impact on us, the way we treat it is going down. So our, our physical health is getting better and better and better. But the only bad thing that's going up is suicidal ideation. People thinking about suicide, people committing suicide, people overwhelmed with suicidal thoughts. I mean, just through the charts. And it's amazing that as our affluence grows, as our, our health care and our treatment of disease gets better and better and better, and why is it our mental health, though, gets worse and worse? Well, and I think it's also important to notice that, especially, and you were the one that actually brought this stat up to me back when I very first started ministry, that around the holidays, like, yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas is when it gets the worst when the worst. you should theoretically be experiencing the most joy because everyone's so excited about Christmas. But if you don't focus on the real reason for Christmas, if you just focus on the the gifts and the Santas and the buy more things and yeah. just like this is all Christmas is about, then yeah, you're you're gonna realize that well, that doesn't fill my cup. I don't have, there's nothing for me there other than I'm spending and, uh, more yeah. money to make someone else rich. <laughs> yeah. I'm <and laughs> just a consumer. Yeah. And well, you know, it's really interesting because, uh, you have, you have, uh, boomers and, and people who are retired or empty nesters, you know, and they're, they're under pressure. How are we going to get all of our married kids and grandkids, you know, to come see us? And they have all this pressure and to try to do that. And then you have all these new families with, you know, new babies and stuff going, you know, I can't, I can't take my kids to four Thanksgivings, you right. know, I can't take my kids to four different Christmases. And, and what I found really interesting is a lot of people participate in our Christmas Eve services online. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is they go, we can't come to a Christmas service because we have to do four Christmases, you know, her, the wife's parents are divorced and remarried. His parents are divorced and remarried, right? And all of them expect them to come and bring their kids and do Christmas. And they're just like, you know, I, I've run into a number of people who, <laughs> this is a little secret, but they moved here because none of the grandparents lived here, <laughs> right? Just so that they could say, we want our own family. And, and what we want to do is our tradition. We want to go to Christmas Eve and do church together and do our traditions together but how can a new family establish new traditions when they have all this pressure to go to four different households right. on, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? It's just, it's crazy. They just can't squeeze it in. So you're so true is that for many people, the holidays create more pressure, mm -hmm. right? Instead of more peace and joy, which is sad. And 
and now they're not even able to go to church, which that the whole point of the the message of the kingdom of Jesus is that we belong there. That's where we really belong. It's like a home. Like that's a real home, it, right? That's the real home. And so when we enter into his kingdom through salvation, we're actually coming home to where we belong. You know, it reminds me of the words in John chapter 14 where Jesus is talking. He goes, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself. Side note, notice how he doesn't say, I'm taking you to heaven. Mm. What does he say? He says, I'm taking you to to myself. myself so that where I am, there you also will be. And you know the way where I am going. And then Thomas, you know, the doubter who always seems to uh, state the obvious, he's pretty blunt about it. He goes, Lord, we don't know where you're going. (laughs) How do we know the way? He's so pragmatic. You know, I want directions, you know, (laughs) and Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. And what I love about this discourse that he has with his disciples is it just really helps people during the holidays, I think, understand what Jesus really did when, when he entered into this world, born as a babe and grew up as a young man, became the savior of the world, and now is king of king and lord of lords. You know, he says the, the first thing that he addresses is the statement, you know, do not let your heart be troubled, Right. And I think what's so fascinating about human beings is our hearts are always troubled, right? Mm. Uh, Everybody is dealing with a troubled heart. And at the holiday seasons, for many people, their heart is exceptionally troubled from all the pressure on them or all the loneliness on them, right? It seems to be running extremes. Right. And he goes, and so my question then becomes, have you ever stopped back and asked yourself, Well, why is this a condition of the human heart? What is going on in the soul that produces a troubled heart for people? And it seems to be a uniform experience across all humanity. It doesn't matter what your religion is, your belief system, what language you speak, or how much money you have. It seems like everyone's heart is troubled. And and so what some some psychologists say, well, you know, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The reason why... Your heart is troubled is because you're insecure about getting your human needs met. Well, how interesting, because then in America, nobody would have a troubled heart because all of our needs are met in, in so many ways, right? We, our needs are completely, our physical needs are completely met. Or is there something deeper happening? You know, my, my, that's what I wonder is, is that, hmm, is there a thirst of the soul that can only be quenched and the way it's quenched is when you're in the kingdom of Jesus. See, that's why our hearts are troubled. You see, this is what the soul longs for. Now, if this isn't what our souls long for, then why doesn't any other desire when fulfilled satisfy, satisfy us completely? Why are we always dissatisfied? 
And, and I think this drive is more than simply selfishness. It's a reflection that something deep within us is unsatisfied. And what Jesus says is, do not let your hearts be troubled. And so I think the issue is we, we are not in tune with what troubles our hearts. We are not in tune with the thirst of our soul. We're not in tune with the influence of the holiday season that it has on our souls. Yeah, I mean, I think just looking around, you can tell that people just aren't satisfied in this life, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And they're trying to fill it, especially as they get further and further away from from Jesus and what our true calling is in life, they try to fill it more and more with, well, you got to go to holiday parties and you got to fill it with the stuff yeah. that you want and um, you need to be doing these things and those things. And they're even trying to offload it into, oh, well, there's these charities that you should be donating to if you really want to feel good about yourself. And it's yeah. like, well, yes, let's support charities that are doing good work, but that's not going to... That's not going to fix that longing you have, right? Like yeah. there's there's all of these stop gaps, these these duct tapes that they're trying to cover the holes in your heart with to keep it from uh, sinking and none of it's working. Yeah. And people are wondering why and, you know, they'll blame other things and they'll say it's this or that or whatever. But really, everyone's just wanting to be home. They want to experience a true home. And especially in a world these days that, there's not a lot of complete homes. You brought it up even earlier. It's yeah. like mom and dad are both divorced, remarried, potentially re-divorced again. My mom was divorced twice. Like yeah. there's so many broken homes these days that it's really hard even when you start a new family to go, well, is, is this is this home? Like yeah. how should I feel about this, right? Mm-hmm. And those are all based off of emotions and feelings and the, and the brokenness of this world. And God's like, no, I have a perfect home for you. I have something yeah. that is complete and and yeah, it's filled with imperfect people. The church isn't perfect as far as the people that make up the church, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember who said it, but it's like, you know, I really love Jesus, but I'm questionable about his his wife, right? <laughs> and it's like the church is a broken yeah. is a broken thing, but the closest yeah. you're gonna get to that is by being in church and experiencing yeah. and knowing what God has promised us, right? And yeah, and people are trying to fix it with things that are never gonna last. So Well, and that is, you know. That's home. And, and I think, I think the phrase you were looking for is it, it's never polite to go to someone and say, Hey, I really like you, but I can't stand your wife. Right. You know? So why would you say to Jesus, I really love you, but I can't stand your wife, which right. is a church. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, I, th- I think understanding that you are going to walk into a church and there's a lot of well-meaning people there, but they're also broken. Sure. But the only way you're really going to start looking at what the kingdom of God's is and will be is by being part of that and mm-hmm. understanding what he's promised you. And you can only really learn about that. Well, and he's a composer of real life. He's a composer yeah. of, of, uh, quenching the thirst of your soul, you know, and as a composer, you know, I, I don't blame the junior high orchestra for playing Beethoven poorly. I don't blame <laughs> Beethoven for that. Right. right? That's it's why not most Beethoven's people, fault. That's why most people don't go to uh, middle school orchestra <laughs> concerts. Yeah. Because. yeah. It's like, oh man, what a great effort you guys are making. We're so happy. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think what's interesting though is that, is that, that what that set is so important is that the, 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 the solution to our troubled soul is only found in belief, right? And but it's not belief in belief's sake. Just it's to do it. Just to do it. There's a lot of things the world wants us to believe and that's not going to yeah. fix us. Either. And what the world wants us to do is wants us is trying to convince us that just believing 
is what makes the difference. What you believe in is irrelevant, but just the passion and the conviction of belief is knowing in your deepest heart, this is going to happen or this is true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be right now. There's a big thing in on social media and influencers who make money. They, they call it, I'm manifesting, you know, and they, what they want to do is they say, I'm going to manifest $10,000 into my account, you know? And so the point is, is that all the emphasis on their, their power to believe, to manifest this and, and to get money flowing to them. And it's, you know, it seems kind of silly to me because Jesus says, let your hearts not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So simple belief on its own will not bring peace to your soul. It begins with what you believe. And that is, there is a God and Jesus is he who has come to us. God has sent himself, his son, to us. It's a belief in a specific thing that brings peace to your soul, according to Jesus. And the kingdom of the world today says the opposite. It's a belief that, wow, the harder I believe, the more I manifest, that's what makes the difference. What you believe in is not as important as long as you just believe, right? Your, your life your, will be filled, your heart will be full, you'll be at peace because you have something to believe it in. Well, this actually comes from postmodern thought, right? And here's where it comes from. The idea is there's no real truth in postmodernism, right? There's no objective truth outside of yourself. Everything is subjective, right? But the problem is people without belief are people without hope. So what, what happens is, well, if there's no truth outside of me, there's no, nothing objective to live for. That means there's no meaning to what I do. It's purely subjective. Then people lose hope. And as we spoke earlier on this podcast, it, it, you become nihilistic in your thinking, mm -hmm. whether you know it or not. And so what ends up happening is uh, people become empty people, puppet people without hope. Therefore, postmodernists just say, believe. It doesn't matter what you believe in. Just believe. Well, the kingdom of Jesus says the exact opposite. It says there is a truth that exists outside of yourself. There is an objective truth. And human beings, this is what's so interesting, is that this is a closer description of what you are as a human being. Human beings do not have a choice to believe or not to believe. This is the deception of postmodernism, right? They say, well, you, you, uh, you got to find something to believe in, which what is the unspoken presupposition? Well, then you, you can live without believing in anything. And that's a lie. Mm. See all human beings believe in something. And why do people come puppet people, empty people, nihilistic, and then they lose all hope in their lives and they, in the site, uh, suicidal ideation goes through the roof. Why is that? Well, because what you're believing in is meaningless. You see, you ha all human beings have to believe it is a function of your brain and you cannot deny that this function of your brain that you are designed to believe any more than you can tell your body you don't need to breathe in order to live. That's what it means to be human. Human beings believe. That's not the question. And that's why postmodernism is so idiotic and why so, so few. But if you just think through it for a few moments, you start to realize how insepid how vacuous this really is this belief system right in in order to think in order to actually think any thoughts in my brain i have to believe 
It's the very core of thought is based on believe. In order to think, uh, you have to believe because you have to believe that you can think. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. You, you, you have to believe that my thoughts can be rational and make sense, okay? That I am conscious, okay? I have to believe in that as a metaphysical reality. But, but postmodern says, well, no, it's just purely subjective. And, and we've talked about this, solipsism, and we've talked about nihilism, and we've talked about the meaninglessness of this, and uh, moral relativism and subjective. Oh, it's just crazy and how bad it screwed up our world. But the kingdom of God is a, re a repudiation of postmodern thought. Therefore, the catalyst for life is not belief. He says, let your heart not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. It is what you believe in. And that's what your brain was designed to do. Make a choice. Yeah, and I think so many people want to believe in something, but they don't have anything worth it. I mean, we even see this in yeah. people's like wildly toxic uh, attachment to whether it's an influencer, you see people mm -hmm. starting to stalk people or just like they can't yeah. miss a stream or, you know, there's people that do that with political figures, yeah. right? Obsessive, like compulsive. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, like mm -hmm. there's people that don't want to believe in anything, but they'll put all of their energy into so-and-so will save this country, yes. right? Whatever side you're on, they, they put this mm -hmm. savior mentality on whoever the next president's going to be. And it's like they, or they're, political affiliation or whatever, or they put it into some TV persona or whatever. Like they want to believe in something, but ultimately they're putting their, all their effort and energy into things that will ultimately fail them. Yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. they're all man-made or they're men or women who will eventually make a mistake, no matter how good or great they are. Right. And see, that's a perfect example of every human being does believe. Right. The issue isn't believing in something or nothing. The issue is, what do you believe in? Right. And Jesus says, there will be no peace in your life until you decide to believe in God and believe also in me. Yes. You know? So what's next? Well, look at what he says. Is Then he says, immediately he, following that, he says, believe in God, believe also in me. And he goes, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. I go there to prepare a place for you. And, and this is where I think it's really awesome. It's not just the way to find peace to a troubled soul is to believe in Jesus, but to believe in what Jesus is doing. And what Jesus is doing is he's building a kingdom where he is preparing a place for you, right? Mm -hmm. you're, not, you're not just a soldier who you know has to sleep in a tent on the outskirts of the camp, right? And if you're lucky, you'll get food rations for the day. Mm -hmm. Jesus says the whole point of the kingdom is there's many rooms in my father's house, the house, right? And I'm preparing a place for you to be in the house. So it's a kingdom where you're going home. You're not being enlisted just as a soldier, right? You're not just simply put on the team, you know, what you are is you are brought into the house. You are brought into the family. And, you know, the feeling of home is so intrinsic to human beings. The feeling of home, it's, it's like, you know, so many times you'll go someplace or you'll do something. You go, man, this feels like home, mm -hmm. right? Well, where does that feeling come from? What does the sense come from that you can actually say, oh, well, it comes from 
you know, there's research on this. A feeling of home is built on familiarity, right? So you have to have a little bit of history with it, familiarness with it. Number two, a sense of home is built on a sense of security. It's a place where you feel safe, you feel secure, right? Protected. Um, it's, it's a place where there's a sense of provision, right? It feels like home because, you know, there's food, it's, it's heated or it's cooled or, you know, there's a good, keeps you out of the rain, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That sense of that when you say, oh man, this is home is I feel it's familiar, secure, it's comfortable. It's a provision for me. And this is why we don't feel at home 100% when we're alive on earth. You know, somebody once said it this way is we're not physical beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a physical experience. And that physical experience is very short, right? But it's very significant because that's where we come to awareness that we're spiritual beings, that we have a soul, right? Right. And so it's very significant, but it's only a very short period of your existence. Yeah, I think that you're, you're, when you feel at home here on earth, it's always just sort of a shadow of what we're truly yes. meant for, right? And, yep. and it always is resonant because there's a, a perfect version of it somewhere else that we will eventually experience, but yeah. we have to. But for now, we get glimpses of it, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, in our final couple minutes, was there anything else you wanted to chat well, about? Well, I just, I think home is where the heart is and our hearts are made to be with Jesus. He says, you notice how he says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. I go there and prepare a place for you. And, and then, he, you know, I love the way he says, if I go and prepare a place for you, then that means I'm coming again and will take you to myself. Mm. You see, the, the whole point of Christmas, the gift, you know, uh, this is what's really interesting, I think, is that sometimes uh, it's a little play on words, but sometimes what we do is we say, well, Jesus is the gift. Jesus is the gift. What's the gift? Jesus. What's the gift? Jesus. What's the gift? Jesus. And so what happens is we, we say this in kind of an infantile way, and what we start to think of, well, Jesus is this person, right? And he looks this way, and you know what a picture of Jesus looks like, right? Mm -hmm. You go, oh, well, he's the gift. And so what we do is we become so materialistic in our orientation, we think the the gift of Christmas is Jesus, the person. Right. And we don't realize that the gift of Jesus is the king of a new kingdom. And that new kingdom is himself. And he is going to prepare a place for us in this new kingdom. And what he was doing is he is going to come back and bring us into this kingdom. He is, she came to bring us home. And that's the gift that we celebrate at Christmas. Not just the person or the baby. What we're celebrating is what Jesus, the person, brings in the spiritual realm of the new kingdom. All of those things are one together. And that's what we celebrate. And I think that's what's so important about celebrating that Jesus is the birth of Jesus is the birth of a new kingdom. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Pastor, for sharing all that with us. Um, I'm excited to talk more about this on Thursday with you. Um, I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't made your Christmas Eve plans yet, if you haven't uh, decided which service you're coming to, and if you have, 
please RSVP so we just kind of know what services we should staff for kids and, and parking and different things for. But if you can't make that one, it's not a big deal. Um, just come to whichever one you can. But that just helps us make a little bit better plan so you can have the best experience possible. Also, we are uh, well on our way as far as challenge gifts for the Christ birthday offering. Mm -hmm. We're up to $135,000. So if you want to make a year-end impact in the kingdom and in the uh, community that is Foothills, we would love for you to be donating yes. to that. Um, there's information on that on our website at foothills.org. And that's also where if you're out of state and you want to support the Salty Pastor podcast, you can go to foothills.org slash give to help support the podcast mm -hmm. because that'll help us yeah. make further impact. Um, and if we're reaching you out of state, then you already know we're, tr we're trying to reach out further beyond the Boise Valley yeah, and your gifts you can pick right there. You know, yep. when it scrolls down, it'll say Salty Pastor, so it'll go yep. directly and to you can, Salty Pastor. And you can go directly to the Salty Pastor podcast. So thank you guys so much for joining us today, and we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor podcast. Merry Christmas.